Good evening. I want to welcome you to Eagles Wing Church tonight. It's Wednesday evening, and uh, we typically, on Wednesday night, we do a prayer service in which we uh, we spend our time praying. Uh, due to the, the COVID-19 virus and uh, the uh, personal distancing uh, requests and uh, 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 rules, uh, we're, we're not able to do that. And so we made a decision to... Uh, to uh, gather together uh, via Facebook Live and and just uh, talk about hope a little bit, encourage one another. Uh, hopefully, uh, this will encourage uh, anyone that hears it. We, we want to be an encouragement. I want to be an encouragement. Uh, I think we need uh, a dose of hope. And so on Wednesday nights, until uh, we're able to meet again in person, we're going to gather at about 6.30 on Wednesday evening for a dose of hope. And so... I want to begin uh, tonight with a with a prayer, and then I'm just going to share a, a passage of scripture and some thoughts about that, and try to encourage and fortify, and, and then challenge you as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for the opportunity we have together. Uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, this church. I thank you for uh, uh, the people that have tuned in that uh, may not be a part of this church, maybe are a part of another church, or maybe they've just tuned in because they they have a sense of, of, of uh, being led to it. We thank you for them. I thank you for my church family, uh, Lord, wherever they're at. And uh, I thank you for the community that we have, for the love that we have. And, and Lord, I thank you for this uh, ability, this technology to uh, to encourage one another, to build one another up, to edify and, and to uh, encourage, Lord, just thank you for it. Lord, I want to pray tonight uh, for uh, uh, the end of this epidemic. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name uh, to move. I ask you, Father, to, uh, to do something that, uh, that can only be done by you. I pray, Father, tonight that you would just bless those that are our first responders, our firemen, policemen. I pray for our medical personnel, Lord, uh, around this world that are just overwhelmed. Lord, I pray for grace. I pray for strength. I pray for uh, uh, supernatural abilities to treat uh, uh, the, the folks that are sick. Lord, I pray for, uh, for peace to just rest on this nation. Lord, there's a tremendous amount of fear and uncertainty. I ask that the peace that surpasses all understanding would fall. I pray, Lord, that as believers tonight, we would be men and women and, and children of prayer. Lord, your word says we have not because we ask not, so we are asking tonight for you to move, for you to intercede. Lord, I pray tonight as, as we share your word, I pray that, uh, Father God, your word would, uh, would go forth. Your promise is that it will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you've sent it to do. So I pray, Father, tonight, especially that it would bring comfort and it would bring hope. Uh, that's the desire of my heart, Lord, tonight, is to instill hope, to fortify hope in your people and people maybe who have no hope right now. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I want to welcome you, and, and tonight we're just going to we're gonna talk a little bit about hope. Uh, the world we live in, uh, for the most part, has been turned upside down uh, in the last few weeks. The schedules we once kept, uh, the places we frequented, uh, the things we found great pleasure in and fulfillment in all of a sudden have abruptly been erupted, interrupted and we've unexpectedly been shut down. Many of us have been told to stay home. Uh, 
with a warning that we're to personally distance ourselves from others. Uh, many of us have been uh, uh, sent home to work, schools are closed, uh, the stock market is on a roller coaster, it's up and down every day, schools are, are, are shut down, children are having to, uh, that uh, depend on uh, the schools for meals or having to, uh, to, to, to find meals elsewhere in some cases and, and school personnel are still uh, providing those meals. Uh, the economy is in free fall. And listen, if you go to Walmart, you can see unhindered from one end of the toilet paper aisle to the other end. There's no toilet paper. Uh, people are fearful and they're uncertain, not just about the future, but they're uncertain about tomorrow. And all of this is due to a virus that none of us had ever heard of uh, four months ago, uh, COVID-19. For many, many people, this is uncharted water that has spawned a paralyzing sense of helplessness. And what all of us need right now is a dose of hope, something that we can, we can grab hold of, that we can hold on to a life preserver in a sense that will keep our heads above the water and maybe restore our heart's expectation for the future, regardless of, of what we're going through right now, regardless of, of the dark night that we're presently passing through. We need a dose of hope. We need a spoonful of eternal reality, I think, laced with genuine truth. When I was a kid, uh, I learned very quickly that when I got sick, my parents were going to give me, as they said, and this is, this is exactly what they would say, we're going to give you a dose of medicine. Uh, it always tasted awful, every time. It never tasted good. It made me wretch. It made me gag. I hated taking it. I begged them, and I begged them not to give it to me. I told them, and, you know, I, I, I cried, and I, I whined, and I told them they were killing me. But that dose of medicine that they would give me always cured whatever was wrong with me. And right now in our country and around the world, people are sick with something that's far more deadly than COVID-19. There's a damning hopelessness. Uh, let me call it that. A hopelessness that's stalking them. It's a deadly pandemic, but it's not a pandemic of the body. It's a pandemic of the soul. And without hope, this is reality. A human being ceases to live. When we look at, at scripture the, in, in the Psalms, uh, Psalm, the psalmist writes in, in, uh, in chapter 42, verse 5 through 6, he says, why are you in despair, O my soul? In other words, why are you sunk down? Man, that is a, a stark picture for many people today. Their, their soul has sunk down. They are in despair. He goes, why have you become disturbed within me? It says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Oh, my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I will remember you. When I read this passage, what I see is a gut level revelation of what was going inside uh, on inside of the writer of this psalm. You, you can see what's taking place within him. And, and I think it, it accurately describes our national soul as a nation right now. Uh, it describes our, our soul as a people. It's, 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 a, it's a smothering despair and, and a continual dis disturbance. It, there's upheaval. 
Or to put it in one single word, there's hopelessness. There's hopelessness everywhere we turn. People are hopeless. They don't have any hope. There, there, there's no encouragement. And so we need a dose of hope. My, most people don't understand the difference between genuine hope and hope so. And we have a lot of hope so in our nation right now. And hope so is not hope. Let me give you a, a personal illustration that I, I use quite often when, I, when I'm uh, counseling or talking to somebody about hope and the difference between real hope and hope so. Let's just imagine you're watching a basketball game and you're watching your favorite team. And your favorite team is 40 points behind with two minutes to go. Now, you hope so. You hope that your basketball team will win, but the reality is not likely. That's what hope so is. Hope so is, 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 is exactly that. I hope so, but I don't know so. Hope is not hope is not hope so. Hope is not a, a, a consoling dream of our imagination which causes us to forget our present trouble. In other words, real hope is, is not, it's not uh, like taking an aspirin and making the pain go away. Uh, hope is not an imaginary thought or decision uh, of the way you want things to be. Uh, hope is, uh, is far more than that. Those things are hope so. And that's what the, the, the psalmist, when he begins to talk about, about hope in God, he's not talking about hope so. He, he, he's, he's talking about genuine hope. Hope so evaporates when you apply extreme pressure or extreme heat. But real hope, it doesn't. Real hope, genuine hope, under the same conditions, under the same heat, under the same pressure, becomes galvanized, and it begins to expand. It begins to grow. You see, hope is an expectation of good for the future, and that's one of the things right now that's missing. Let me say that again. Hope is an, expect an expectation of good for the future. Fear, on the other hand, is the expectation of bad things for the future. One produces life, real hope. The other produces a slow, lingering death. That's what fear does. Fear paralyzes. God reminds us very frankly in, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 7, he says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. So if he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, we know as believers he's given us the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, he is, is a spirit of power. He is a spirit of love, and he's a spirit of sound judgment. The Holy Spirit brings all those things into us and is there to help us with those things. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be paralyzed by fear because he has given us his power. He's given us his love, and he's given us the ability to think. And if I could encourage whoever's listening to me tonight, learn to think. Don't just accept what you hear. Don't accept what you read. Don't even accept necessarily what you see. Think through what's being said. Think through the, the viewpoint that's being given. Look for the truth. If you will learn to think, you will see the fear that's being produced. You'll see the, the, the fear that's being poured out by people that are afraid. There are some that are just producing bad information, but many people are giving information 
out of a base of fear, not of hope. And so tonight, God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. So if God did not give us that spirit of fear, then that spirit of fear came from somewhere else. And we know where that spirit of fear is believers. We know where it originates. It originates in the devil. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what fear does. But hope doesn't depend on controllable factors. I want, you to, I want to say that again. Hope doesn't depend on controllable factors. In other words, hope doesn't depend on our ability to do this or to do that or to, to fix whatever needs to be fixed. Uh, it, hope is not dependent on whether or not we can create endless amounts of protective uh, gear for our medical profession. We're going to do that. I really believe that because I believe that there are companies and there are individuals out there who know how to think and they know how to, to change directions in a moment. And they're already at work and they're already changing things. But hope doesn't depend on that happening. Hope doesn't depend on having enough ventilators. Even though there are major corporations and smaller business beginning to, to, to retool and to churn out ventilators, you know what? Hope doesn't even depend on a possible cure for this pandemic. All of those things are good, and all of those things are needed, but those things are not hope. Genuine hope is the settled trust in a divine future. Let me say that again. Genuine hope is a settled trust, a faith, in the divine future. And a divine, a, a divine future is dependent on, on only one person, and that's God himself. He controls the future. We don't, which if it hasn't become evident to you uh, by now, then you're living in la-la land. We are not in control. We're not in control of anything. God is. Therefore, the psalmist tells us to hope in God. In other words, put our trust for the future in God. So what's he trying to tell us here? What's, what's he saying? Well, he's saying genuine hope, the kind of hope that will bring this nation and this world out from under the despair of COVID-19, the despair of, of, of losing precious loved ones, the, the devastation of an economic collapse, or the fear of what the future might hold. That kind of hope is found in God, and it's found in God alone who is the God who loves us. Genuine hope is, is rooted in the veracity of God, who will not, listen to me, he will not lie, he cannot lie. And the promises that he's given us, he will bring to pass. Listen, God is worthy of our trust. And without trust, in other words, without believing God, is who he says he is, and that he will do what he says he will do. Without trust, without faith, there is no hope. You cannot have hope without faith, and you cannot have faith without hope. Uh, hope and trust are, are, are twins in, 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 a, in a manner of speaking. They always travel together. Without faith in God, I can't have real hope. And without real hope, I don't possess faith in God. Genuine faith in God is walked out through a genuine hope in the future. In God, uh, in, in what he's promised us, he will do. That, that's, that's, it's walking into the future, believing that God will do what God says he will do. A hope that's fixed on God embraces three 
uh, very uh, simple elemental uh, things. It's an expectation of the future. In other words, if you, if you have a hope that's based in God, you're going to have an expectation of something good in the future. You're also going to have trust. You're going to trust God. And, and then the last one, which is probably the hardest for most of us, it's the patience in waiting. In other words, sometimes we have to wait to see the promise of God fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled. To have hope is to have a future. It's a sign that things are well with us and in us, regardless of the conditions or the circumstances or the situations or the storms that swell around us. Those things cannot separate you or me. They can't distance us. They can't cut us off from the love of God, the love of Christ and the future that he has for us. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, for I am convinced. Uh, Paul didn't say, uh, for I, I, I think. He didn't say, I hope so. He said, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8, uh, verse 38 and 39. You see, hope is based in the trust of God. Hope is the part of faith that focuses on the future. Uh, John Piper puts it this way. He says, faith is the full assurance of hope. Hope is faith in the future tense. I, I love that. Hope is faith in the future tense. We have to focus not on the problem that stands before us, but rather on the person of Christ who stands with us and who holds us in his hand. Hope is the confident assurance that Jesus Christ will do what he has promised, that he will complete the work that he has begun. That he will bring this, 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 what we call history to a culmination. COVID-19 is not going to do that. Jesus Christ is. The psalmist tells us to hope in God. And then he tells us how to do that in, in, in three very simple words. And I don't want you to miss those words. I, I, I want you to, to pay close attention because I believe if you and I, if those of us who know Jesus Christ as our, our Savior, we've been born again, born from above. If we, if we have a relationship with Jesus, then we need to grab hold of these words first. And once we've grabbed hold of them and we've, we've strapped this hope on like a life jacket, then we need to help those around us. I mean, there are people all over the place that are, are terrified. God has put us here to make a difference in their life. And if you're listening with me us tonight and, and you're afraid and you're fearful, then, then listen to what I'm about to say because it will make a difference in your life. In verse 6, the, the psalmist says, he, 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 he tells us, he says, hope in God. And then he, he, he reminds, his soul reminds him that it's in despair. And he says, oh, soul, you're in despair. But he says, I will remember you. I, in other words, what he's saying is, I will remember God. I will remember who God is. 
I will remember what God has done for me in the past. I will remember what he's done for his people in the past. I will remember God's promises. I will remember. He reminds himself, I will remember. I will remember God. In the midst of everything swirling around me, I will remember, I will call to my mind those facts that I know, that truth that I have seen and experienced with my own life, that truth that I have seen in Scripture that is that is witnessed and validated generation after generation. I will remember in the midst of those things that are swirling around me, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the change, in the midst of the upheaval and the uncertainty certainty and the absurdity. I will remember God. Now you may be saying, why? Why should I remember God? Because here's what God says. And I want you to listen. I'm going to, I'm going to slow down just a little bit because I want you to, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. And I want you to write down these passages. I want you to write them down because there will come a moment, if it hadn't already come, and if you're not in the midst of it right now, when you need to remember, when you need to remind yourself, not based on what you see, not based on what you hear, but based on the truth that God has spoken. God cannot lie. So who am I going to believe? God says this in Psalm 46.10. He says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will. Be still. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Just be still. And know. That word know means to experience. Just experience God. That's what he wants you to do. Listen to him. God wants to talk to you. He may want to use his word that's written down, or he may want to speak to your heart specifically about certain things in your life right now that he wants to deal with through his Holy Spirit. He says, be still and know that I'm God, I will. Psalms 46.10. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. God says, I will restore you to health and I will heal you of your wounds. Jeremiah 30, 22. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 41. Verse 9 and 10. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture. This is something that will fortify you. This is something that you might need to write down and put on your mirror in the bathroom. It might be something you need to put on a three-by-five card and put it in your pocket. And every time you begin to sense that, that fear, that uncertainty, that anxiousness, you take it out and remind you, yourself of it. Listen to what God says. I have chosen you and not rejected you. God has not rejected his people. He has not rejected people at large. He is still seeking them, and he is still saving them. He still loves them. For God so loved the world. Nothing has changed. This virus has not changed God's heart toward people. God says, I 
You shall be my people. I'll be your God. And then he says again, I have chosen you and I've not rejected you. Do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then he says uh, just a few verses later in Isaiah 41:13, For I am the Lord who holds your right hand, who says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 27 says, I will give you peace. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28, I will give you rest. He says in Matthew 28, 20, I will be with you always. Always. I'm not going to leave you. Then he says in John 14, 3, I will come again. And when he, when he says that in John 14, he's, he's, he's telling uh, his disciples and, 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 and those of us who follow him, I will come again. If this were not so, I would have told you. In other words, Jesus is returning to get us. You know what? I could go on and on and on and on. These promises that I've just shared with you, the, these nuggets of truth, these future, this, this present and future that, that we can experience, these things are for us so that it produces hope in us. You know, perhaps, as the psalmist said, we need to remember who God is, what God has done, and what God has said. Maybe we need to talk to ourselves sometimes. You ever talk to yourself? You ever remind yourself of, of, of things that are true that you just can't believe in certain situations or circumstances. Sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. We need to sit down and we need to take our soul and we need to grab hold of it and say, listen to me, this is true. Sometimes we need to preach to ourselves, to remind ourselves until we truly believe that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. And listen, until that happens in you and me, we don't have anything to share with anybody else. But once we realize that and we take a deep breath and we sit up straight and we begin to breathe at a normal rate and not act in fear and not act in anxiousness and not allow anxiety to overwhelm us, it's only then that we need to share it with somebody. That, dear friend, is a dose of hope for you tonight. And I want to encourage you, swallow it. And then I want you to begin that process of healing this world for Jesus Christ. That's what God's called us to do. He's called us to go be the church in the chaos of hopelessness. And he's called us to do that by carrying the hope which is within you and the hope that was that is within me. That hope is not a, a concept, it's not a precept, it's a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you right now, and then I want to uh, make just a little short announcement to 
the Eagles Wing folks. Uh, we want to do something uh, very special for for some of the folks in our church. But I just want to pray for you right now. Uh, maybe you're you're sitting there and and for the first time in a week you've taken a deep breath and and your your mind has slowed down. It's not running to and fro. You're not worrying about this and worrying about that. Listen, we're not to worry. Scripture tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplications to make our requests known to Jesus Christ. And he will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. It will guard our hearts and our minds. It will guard our souls. Lord, tonight, I want to thank you for hope. I want to thank you that our hope is is not in uh, a government. It's not in a in a, a, a medical profession. Our hope is not uh, in temporal things. Our hope is in a person whose name is Jesus Christ. Our hope is in you, Lord. Help us to remind ourselves over and over and over of what you've done what you've done in our own lives, what you've done in the lives of, of people that we know, in the lives of family members. Help us to remind ourselves, Lord, when, when the enemy, uh, when he rattles our cage and shakes us to, uh, to our foundations, Lord, help us to remember. And then, Lord, help us to hope in you. Again, Father, we pray that you would touch uh, this pandemic and you would put a stop to it. Give us courage to stand and to be salt and light, to be truth, to be more than anything. Lord, help us to be hope to those around us. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say this very quickly to, uh, to our EW family, our Eagles Wing family. We are going to begin a, a time of very focused prayer uh, on Friday, April the 3rd. And we're going to pray for seven days, and we'll, we'll, we'll come to a conclusion of this uh, on Thursday, April uh, the 9th. And we're going to ask you to, to, what we're going to ask you to do is we want to pray specifically by name at either 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. for those members of our church family that work in the medical profession. We have about 12 or 13 people, which is a, a huge percentage of our church that work in the medical field. And so we want to pray for them. We want to ask God to use them. We want to pray that God will protect them, that God will, will use them not just to treat people, but also to be uh, bastions and, 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 and citadels of hope. Uh, we want to pray for them by name and and uh, what we're asking is that uh, pay attention to our Facebook page. We're going to probably send it out in our church newsletter as well. Uh, but we're going to have their names on a list. And uh, we want to pray for them every day, either at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. by name. And we want, I'm going to ask you to pray for them like they were your husband or your wife, your son or your daughter, your mother or your father. Pray for them uh, because they're your church family. I want to thank you for being with us. I uh, want to encourage you to, to come back uh, Sunday and worship with us. Next Wednesday night, we'll, we'll have another dose of hope. And I just want to encourage you to go be the hope for the world in Jesus' name. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. 
Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.